Hello, you're listening to Our Walk, the podcast that speaks to real people with real stories about a real God. My name's Steve. And my name's Luke. And we're back for season two of Our Walk. Yeah. Yeah, exciting times. This week, this first episode back, we're talking to Sarah. Okay, so... Back for season two. Sarah, thank you very much for joining us. Very welcome. Um, we are very excited. We, yeah. I know a little bit of your story, mm-hmm. um, but not a massive amount. So actually, it's just exciting to learn more about you in general, but also, I think, for everyone listening, I'm sure you've got a bit of a great testimony, great story to tell. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Anyway, how are you, Steve? Yeah. It was like too. ages. Yeah, it has been ages. Yeah. That's not that I, I, been like... I haven't seen you every week since <laughs> our walk has been off. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's just our walk has taken a little break. There's, I'm a married man now. Oh, yeah, Steve's yeah, married. Which, which wasn't a thing last season. So Ladies, I'm single. Yeah, so if you like the sound of this man's voice... Which you won't. Then... <laughs> anyway, let's, anyway. Get, let's get back to Sarah, the woman yeah. of the hour. Well, uh, Sarah, I'm going to ask you a very intense personal question to start okay. off with. What's your favourite colour? Red. Oh, there we go. Simple. Nice. Well, that was easy. Just get it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Would have thought it was purple with your hair at the moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have had red hair before, though. So, yes, yes. Yeah, I mm. think different. All right, okay, let's, let's get this going. No, enough of this small talk. Let's, <laughs> let's go. Enough. So, first question. Sarah, what, what was your upbringing like? Where were you born? What kind of family was it? And... Okay, yeah, so I was born here in Reading, um, and I've got two sisters. I'm a middle child. Um, and also, I now have foster sisters as well, because my family fostered. Um, and I was really, really lucky to grow up in a Christian household. Um, so I've sort of known God right from the beginning. Um, and yeah, I had, a, I think, a really happy childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah. Were you, were you the typical middle child? Because that's a thing people say the typical middle child syndrome because I'm a middle child and I totally had that where I was a bit sort of like recluse and a bit like not rebellious as such just a bit sort of like different from my other sibling because I was technically the middle child so it was what were you sort of like being so, a child and stuff? I, yeah cause everyone always talks about middle child syndrome but yeah. I've kind of like never felt like it was a bad thing to be a middle child mm-hmm. actually miraculously I think I was different from my sister's kind of growing up yeah but um I kind of got I felt like I had the advantages of being older than one of them and the advantages of being younger um I had a very very well behaved good older sister Mm. so um and the disadvantages was that was you know sometimes I wasn't and (laughs) but actually it meant that I could fly under the radar quite a lot because my mum wasn't expecting (laughs) (laughs) see those advantages Uh, (laughs) so I I feel like I kind of breezed through a lot of things kind of quite happily just being myself um but um yeah so not too too bad being the middle child actually I love it um but and having just both really good friends with both my sisters always Mm. um so I just yeah it's good, actually. Yeah, that's good. Mm. So, I mean, for the benefit of the listeners, we know the answer. But was your Christ- your household a Christian household? Yes. So Christian uh, mum, dad, being Christians, they've been here in Life Spring Church um, since before. Well, since they came to uni in Reading, I and mean, it wasn't Life Spring then. And so I just grown up here, and um, 
yeah, and at the age of, I think, about four or five, I remember giving my life to Jesus mm. um, just one evening. Um, and then I think, as probably is not quite normal with kids growing up in a Christian household, again, you know, at different times, I gave my life to Jesus. So we went to see Ishmael, who was like a... Um, like Christian kids worker type thing um, from a long time ago and I remember being at that and there being a call to give your life to Jesus and just wholeheartedly I must have been about seven or something knowing within my heart that that was what I was doing um, and because lots of people I think might write off decisions made by children but from ex my experience is that I made a decision and it was with every bit of my heart and I got baptised at nine which might be thought of as quite young but I knew, I just knew and I, I'd never ever have really regretted um, being baptised then so. and making that decision and it doesn't mean that like throughout my teenage years there wasn't times when um, I made mistakes but never at any point did I um, not know who God was or not know that he was, you know, Jesus had died for me and not know the Holy Spirit as well I encountered the Holy Spirit when I was young um, and that's been yeah, really, really good and really impacted me Awesome, so did you, you went to school as a yeah. child and stuff, so what was school like uh, for you, you know sort of growing up and stuff? So, um I think I, it's hard to remember now. <laughs> <laughs> I think because you always put different tin on things, but I think I really enjoyed it. I think I had phases where I I, I was bullied a bit, but um, like not remotely as bad as other kids have, and and um, and so there was up and downs, and being in girl friendship groups is a bit tricky at times. But on the whole, I think I really loved school, and I had some good friends in primary school and then in secondary school I had some of the best friends you know mm. I'm still friends with them now um so actually school for me probably I like I like yeah I like the academic side but probably I love the social side of school loved it that's good <laughs> like being around people and stuff like that so yeah yeah I feel, I feel fairly similar to you on that I was yeah. always it was always the people aspect of school that I cared about really the rest yeah. of it was almost annoying got in the way <laughs> yeah. yeah um I just want to go back a little bit. So you said you had foster sisters. Like how, I mean, you've had foster sisters for your whole life really, haven't you? Well, probably actually not till we were, I was about 13 or 14 first okay. one. It does feel like, mm. yeah. So, I mean, you know, 13, 14 at the best of times is a difficult time in life. Mm -hmm. Having, you know, foster sisters come in and join the family, kind of, what, did that impact you in any way? What kind of... Um, it was absolutely wonderful like there were hard bits um but mum and dad did it from a we did it like as a decision as a family um obviously they probably decided but I felt that I was involved in the decision <laughs> whether you know and so and um and we were kind of it felt like we were a team obviously my mum and dad were the foster carers but as soon as I was old enough to uh, look after help look after them do babysitting I did as well and um so I I don't know if it might have been a bit different from my younger sister, but for me, it was really just a positive experience, apart from uh, when foster children left. Then, actually, that found that really hard because mm. it built up attachments. But the actual having foster children in the home was quite positive for mm. me. So, yeah. That's cool. So, obviously, that's uh, kind of start of your teenage years. Uh, obviously, everyone knows when you're a sort of teenager and the teenage years are quite not troubling times but difficult times you're trying to find out who you are in this world you're, you're 
that step from being a child, you know, in between being a child and being an adult. Um, what kind of other challenges were there for you being a teenager, uh, both just sort of in, in a worldly sort of point of view, but as also a Christian point of view as well? Like, what were the challenges there for you? Did you have any that you can think of? Yeah, so before, like, as a sort of child and kind of later primary school, um, I felt really called cool to mission. And um, I was quite a confident child, um, very confident. Um, so my old sister wouldn't want to make a phone call, so I'd make the phone call. I think once she needed to buy a book, um, Bible in WH Smith's and she was too nervous to go and pay for it, so I did, and I think I wasn't very old at all. Right. So I was quite confident. I knew what I was doing. I used to do part of her paper round for her that she didn't like because they were horrible girls. You know, like, so I, did, I was fairly confident and um, I went on a two-week mission away from my family um, about the age of 10 or 11 just went off and did this mission thing and now I look back and I'm like what (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so I and so I was really driven sort of like to tell people about God and to share my Christianity and I have always had a real heart for mission and then teenage years struck and I lost all my confidence I um yeah struggled really with self-esteem and stuff which affected everything and it meant that actually um it affected uh just like how I how I was able to talk to my friends and things like that and um and I had really good friendships but I just lost a lot of confidence and then I was um, ill for quite a long time, had this thing called post-viral fatigue, which then knocked me, my confidence even more. So whereas I'd been kind of really confident child and really out there and, you know, ready to share things and just, I then kind of stopped wanting to make phone calls, even just like not Mm. wanting to talk to anyone, not being, and um, yeah, so that kind of, that was one of the struggles. Um, And just being a teenager in school, trying to fit in, it's sometimes really hard to sort of admit you're a Christian and, yeah. and just um, and even if you admit that just to really ever go any any further than that um, and making choices constantly as a teenager um, it really can feel like you just can't do anything can you <laughs> you know living a Christian life is like actually really hard and stuff yeah. like that and um thankfully there were times when I really encountered Holy Spirit during that time and then that changes everything because it's then not about following rules it's about relationships so throughout there there were like pockets of real like um enjoying my relationship with God but at the same time I I struggled with you know having to make choices that were different to all of my friends Mm. which was hard yeah (laughs) and I think especially at that age you kind of the one thing you want more in life than anything is to kind of fit in and be close to your friends and even talking about decisions you know I I seem to remember at that age it felt like every decision you made was some big pivotal Mm. life altering decision you know because what courses do I take and what do I study and it's like everything is like oh this could change everything and it's an overwhelming time, isn't and, it? And then it turns out you didn't need to have known anything. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I, I'm 25 and I still think like that. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm still waiting for my yeah. career to start. Okay. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, so, I mean, you've hinted at it a few times about moments that have changed your life and really encountering God. So, should we let's stop this part mm-hmm. and then we'll have a little break and then we'll come back and. 
So, yeah, we're back. Sorry, Luke, you were going to say something. I, I was just going to sort of reintroduce Sorry, people back in, but even... Yeah, it's funny, during the so break, rude. how Sarah was calling us professional. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're totally unprofessional. But that's good. That's good. I like being unprofessional. Yeah, more, more. Hopefully one day we'll become professional. But yeah, so this is part two. This is where we sort of talk about moments of encountering God. You Again, you've touched about that. Um, in your childhood, Sarah, that you sort of gave your life to God at the age of seven, did you say? Or something? Five and Five. seven, yeah, yeah. multiple times, probably. So, <laughs> but, I mean, we, you can touch upon those a little bit more as well and give a bit more sort of details on those moments in particular, but also other moments that have sort of helped you uh, grow more in your faith and grow more connected to God and mm. stuff like that. So what, what moments were there, can you think of? Oh, wow, millions. <laughs> I think the first time um, I remember being really impacted by Holy Spirit was at a big church camp away we used to go to with uh, pioneer people um, and it was just in a kids meeting so I must not have been a teenager by then um, and they were singing a song called History Maker, I'm going to say loads of really old things that people like, <laughs> oh, I don't know what you're talking about but by Delirious yeah. and um, it was, uh, so it's right at the end um, and of the week and um, they were just like do you um, uh, do you want to really want to make a difference? Do you want to be a history maker in this land? And um, they'd, they'd done this little talk and then um, we had to respond. And so I responded. And I remember being on my knees and just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing and really feeling something change inside me. Um, I feel like a really emotional thing about it now. <laughs> but like actually, like that was a really pivotal impact moment I can I don't know how old I was but I can really remember sitting there I remember my friend on her knees by me weeping too and having that moment of just really encountering God no one I think maybe people prayed for us but it was this this the Holy Spirit was there and there was that opportunity to really meet him um and to have your heart changed which yeah you're never the same again really when mm. you impact it when you, when you meet him and he impacts you um yeah, so there was that. And then there was, uh, we, we went through a phase of the church of just um, when there was things happening in Toronto where there was a real move of God and, and we had we went to meetings at different places. My mum and dad took us to places to to impact, meet God, and I keep saying impact, but meet God, have be impacted by God. We just went places. Um, as a church, we were really seeking for that and funny things would happen on a Sunday where there would be no like normal meeting. It was probably a bit bizarre compared to how it is now. Uh, all sorts of things happening, but that was a really amazing environment to grow up in. Um, so there was all that, and then things changed a bit, and and, um, and actually as I became a teenager as well, I kind of, uh, I used to go up for prayer every single Sunday mm -hmm. so I could be filled with the Holy Spirit because mm -hmm. I loved it. And then I started to feel unconfident about that and a bit like, oh no, it's embarrassing. So I stopped. And um, so for quite a long time, I was like, oh, it's, I might fall over. I don't want to fall over. I can't fall over. And I got really like stressed about that. So I stopped going up for prayer, which I was, now I think, what was I doing? <laughs> but but um, uh, and then... Uh, can't remember and it was oh I think it was it took quite a long time to, for me to get over that falling over thing but um I went to with my sister to um so this was in my 20s by now I went with my sister to uh Toronto to a youth conference out there she'd been out there 
um, doing a school of ministry so she knew people out there so we went to a youth conference out there and I just finally kind of let go of that um, oh, I'm going to be embarrassed I'm going to be embarrassing and again like uh, I let like let them my guard down and Holy Spirit came and met me in such a phenomenal way and I didn't fall over because obviously <laughs> I got so stressed about falling over but uh I now shake my bum shakes and my hands shake and stuff, which I think probably is more embarrassing than falling over. But there you go. Actually, Holy Spirit is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I remember that being a really pivotal time for me again, sort of just really allowing Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit is just uh, such a gentleman and so doesn't, like, push, push it. He's always there. He's always wanting to encounter us. He's always wanting to do things in our lives. But it's actually up to us to sort of say... Come, come and yeah. come and meet me. To come and change door, my heart. Yeah, 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 and and be willing for him to come. And so, uh, when when I did it, then yeah, it was phenomenal. And and just so many times, it's just like little moments where I am um, often when I'm feeling really like in a low place or like uh, feeling like I'm at the end of myself um, and I don't have any strength. Is when like I encounter Holy Spirit in a crazy in just a really amazing way because probably because I've let my guard down it's not like he's changed or he he's not mm. always there wanting to but that's yeah mm. so is that one of the big things you've learned in your uh Christian journey I guess of needing to let your guard down and kind of being aware of the times when you put your guard up because I know from my point perspective my story I've had times where I've kind of put my guard up without really realising that I've done that and then kind of it hits me one day and I go oh <laughs> hold on how did, how did I let that happen so you know have you yeah I think um I probably like it's so easy isn't it to sort of listen to little lies and listen to start believing things that aren't really true and I think probably what happens and probably more than it really could with me in because I really know the truth I really know that that I have a really good, good father who really loves me, and also know Holy Spirit is so good, and that there's you know got so much life in it. So I know that truth, but then it's really easy to start listening to lies, you know, like you're not good enough, and um, you know, blah blah blah, all these different lies. And what happens then is that I start focusing on what I'm not doing or what, how I'm not, you know, or you know yeah or how I'm feeling and and forget to actually look at him and look at Jesus or what he's done and then then I start putting my rules up and my barriers up and then I sort of start feeling like oh well I'm not really feeling Holy Spirit I'm not really feeling like God's encountering me and then often what happens is I'll be talking to my mum who's just really good at sort of um keeping me on track so I'll be talking to her saying I'm struggling with this this is hard and she says to me Sarah have you journaled about it which journaling is sort of like a way of talking to God and hearing what he's saying saying to us um and I say oh no sort of answer to her <laughs> <laughs> and she's like right I'm gonna come off the phone now Sarah and you're to journal about it and then I'm gonna phone you back up and you're gonna tell me what God <laughs> says about it <laughs> she's really good at that and then I tend to because I'm a bit scared of my mum no <laughs> I'm doing as I'm told still <laughs> we, we, we all are a little <laughs> yeah <bit>. yeah <laughs> I do as I'm told most of the time and uh every time it's like there you know God's speaking to me and you know he he might highlight areas where I've been listening to some nonsense lie and actually I need to listen to the truth and then the moment I do and then 
yeah, everything changes and situations change. Um, when I look to Jesus, when I look to what he's done, when I listen to what Holy Spirit is saying to me um, and sort of let my guard down, definitely. Mm. Mm. Has there ever been a moment where you felt like God's telling you to do something that which you're really sort of hesitant to like not do? Like maybe it's uh, take on a role in the church or... I don't know, do something practical. Has there ever been a moment like that where it's God's like saying, you need to do this, and you're like, no, I don't want to, or <laughs> or not? Has, has it been like, yes, no, I want to go for this, Lord, and you've gone for it? Has there been moments like that? Yeah, so I was just, this is a really little thing, mm. but I think it's probably, speaking to someone yesterday, and I think it probably made a phenomenal difference in my life. Um, but um, So I was helping on a healing encounter. So a bit of background. Um, I've got two lovely children, um, but actually it was took quite a while to get pregnant, and then I had a miscarriage before um, Bess, and I found it all really quite hard. Um, and so, so I'd had my miscarriage, and I was helping on a healing encounter. I'm feeling fairly kind of broken, but helping anyway, <laughs> sort of like because we all help in our broken state. And um, I remember sitting on the floor for some reason, I think because I was doing tech stuff, and saying there was a talk about um, the mother heart of God. And um, and I remember saying to Holy Spirit, oh, um, I'm, I don't know, you've put this desire to be a mother in me, but... I'm not a mother, what, why, why, why couldn't you just make me not like that, all this sort of thing, and I felt like, um, God, like Holy Spirit really just said, look, you've just got to trust me, and then just after that, um, I felt like, um, Holy Spirit told me to go and offer for, um, a girl, sort of, a, in her 20s, that I didn't know hugely well, um, to sit on my knee, Right. And <laughs> which is bizarre but it's the sort of thing like I sit on my mum's knee still mm. <laughs> and it's sort of and I felt like that's what not me but what Holy Spirit wanted sort of to bring a bit of healing in her life and I was like that is ridiculous it's embarrassing you know people just think I'm stupid I felt really like that's you know but I kind of just thought, right, I'm going to have to do it because <laughs> that's what I feel I need to do. And so I did. And I thought, right, if this is the way I'm going to be a mother, this is the way I'm going to be a mother. So I sat, she wanted to sit on my knee and we sat for ages and I, she just cried and I prayed for her. Um, and that was that. And I don't know how much of an impact it had on her, but that's me. I had to be obedient to, yeah. to what. And then um, probably within the next week, I got pregnant with Beth <laughs> when wow. I looked back at it, <laughs> which is like really crazy. Mm. But, and it'd been such a sort of hard road. And then I've got this lovely little nearly five-year-old. And I think in, even in my place of difficulty, you know, actually just being obedient to that little thing that, you know, Holy Spirit was prompting me that I felt really stupid with. Um, and felt like, oh, what, what? But mm. actually that, um, not only did it, it's just good to be obedient, but actually I think it then, you know, had a huge effect on everything. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone, isn't yeah. it, really? Yeah. Like, as humans, we like being comfortable. We don't really like um, change. I think I learned yesterday there's a word for that, like something phobia, that it's a fear of change. I was like, oh, that's interesting, mm. but I've completely forgotten it. Um, but no, as humans, we don't like that change. We don't like getting out of our comfort zone. But it's when we do make that move of getting out of that comfort, comfort zone that you start to see spiritual and, and sort of practical things like moving and changing and um, getting better and stuff. So, mm. yeah, no, mm. that's really wonderful. So bringing up, getting out of your comfort zone, um, 
the one thing I know a little bit about you is that you went to Africa for a while, and yes. both your children have African middle names. Yes, they yeah. have Swazi middle names. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that comes into part of the encountering God, like. Yeah. So. So yeah. <laughs> so when I was, uh, I think around eight or nine, I don't know, at some point, my dad um, went twice actually two different summers to Mozambique to do sort of mission work there and um I got a pen friend who I wrote to regularly out there one of the street kids out there um and right then um something sort of started in my heart and I was very focused on mission anyway and so and just I wanted all I wanted to do was to go to Africa so I started saving um and I saved well, probably a lot for what I was there, but I saved. And in the end, um, when I was 14, um, we went on a trip out to Swaziland because we were going to go to Mozambique, but then actually we ended up going to Swaziland. And, um, yeah, it's the most beautiful continent Africa is. And <laughs> really, and it's like, that's a massive part of my heart. Um, and, yeah, one day I'd love to go out for longer, but I went out a couple of times and I went out for, like, my gap year for about 10 months and lived mm. out in Swaziland. Oh, wow. Um, and had like the best time <laughs> um, so yeah and mm. so the kids have got Bess's middle name it's Kitsiwe which means princess and Jackson's is Jabulani which means happiness mm. um, wow. so yeah mm. yeah. and obviously getting out of your comfort zone in that yeah. you know, especially at that age you know what teenage years and yeah. going out to Swaziland and, yeah. and then putting yourself out there I bet that gave you a real strong kind of foundation for your faith I guess yeah I think so I think so I think it's um I feel like every teenager should go or, or not just to Africa cause they could go anywhere but to go somewhere where uh to see people that are less well off than you to be able to really experience compassion um changes changes everything because you can't see things and not be compassionate um and and actually to do little things now I don't know how much of the different things that I projects I helped with, how much impact they, I hope they had an impact, mm. but actually like to be, feel like you're doing something, to feel like you, you've made a difference, you know, by cuddling a child or, you know, that's an orphan or by, we did a lot of building things and all sorts of things. And when I was out there for 10 months, yeah, we painted a load of painting. Um, we did, you know, we hacked down bushes with machetes that needed hacking down random things we did but you know it <laughs> <That> was fun <laughs> it was yeah. well it wasn't you got our whole legs and arms got torn oh, up and oh, stuff wow. and yeah because <laughs> they were very spiky bushes but it was um and it was a really opportunity to trust god now i think probably part of me has like a kind of teenage view on things that you're a bit invincible maybe at times mm. so i mean sometimes i did maybe didn't realize how like much I was needing to trust God but definitely when I was out there for for a long amount of time and not being around my family I just every day just know that God's there and you he's he's with you and and you've got to trust him for things um and it Swaziland's a, a fairly safe place so it wasn't like going to a really dangerous country or anything but actually still trust him for safety and things like that and um and I think in this morning about funny little things like um I didn't run out of toiletries at all like so I'd saved up my money mm. <laughs> and I bought like loads of toiletries and loads of different things and and so I, I worked for a year and then so I could finance go in mm. and um 
and still like things just didn't run out i remember getting to the end of 10 months i'm like i've used my deodorant every day and it's still not run out and things like that and i think that's just like a lovely little things that happen with god like you know like just providing constantly and providing nice places for me to stay and and lovely families to be part of and stuff so yeah oh wow awesome well i think that's a good place to end part two uh we're going to take a little break now so you guys can you listeners can do whatever you need to go to the toilet have a little (laughs) drink who knows but we'll come back with part three where we're going to talk about uh, what's happened in your life sarah after these moments like how you've changed and stuff so yeah we'll be right back Okay. Welcome back. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Just that, a little inside joke. Uh, that was planned. Um, <laughs> so we're back to part three. So part three is the part where we really talk about what's kind of happened in your life since these moments where you encountered God, where he became truly real to you and you began that relationship and kind of how things have moved on, you know, not even... I mean, some people have rosy times and it's all okay and other people have difficult times. So really, I guess let's say from your teenage years where you know you kind of moved into real cemented proper faith you start helping at church and all that kind of thing like what kind of big events have happened to you that you know god has had a hand in that you've really needed him for i mean i think you've already mentioned one with your children um and the difficulties there but you know i guess how did god help you through that let's start there shall we yeah so Oh yeah, so having children is such a, can be such a tricky thing for probably quite a lot of people and there's there's things where, yeah for me, I've literally since I was little, I've wanted a family and a big family, Um, I like, famously known for one in seven children, (laughs) Um, Craig, my husband, doesn't want seven children (laughs) at all. But, uh, so we compromise, but um, <laughs> but uh, so uh, the struggle to have children has been quite really quite a difficult one, um, and and um, just yeah taking a long time and then having a couple of miscarriages which really have been really devastating mm. and difficult, um, and all like when things are really tough, I feel like you know actually Holy Spirit's just there God's just there just being kind and faithful and the thing when I think about that struggle and you know there have been times when I, I, I kind of wish I'd been less focused on that and more focused on who Jesus is because I think then that would have made things a lot easier <laughs> rather than focusing on what what he wasn't doing what he was doing um but he you know no matter what I what place I was in no matter what place where I was what I was struggling with uh, the thing that always stands out to me is just the kindness mm-hmm. kindness he is so kind and always I like I could have times when I really like felt like I'm because I think worship is a really key thing and when things are tough one of the most important things to do is to worship and you know to really declare that God is good 
and you know sing sing it and so I sing very badly but I sing and I worship and there have been times when I've played the same song over and over again in the car singing it out you know really declaring the goodness of God because he is so good and to sing it and declare it even when you're not feeling completely like it actually changes everything mm. um, so there'll be times when I felt really strong and, and able to do that even when things have been hard but then actually even when I'm not managing to be very strong I'm not managing anything that's when I've really felt the kindness of God because actually he's not this hard taskmaster that you know you have to get it right you know you know you've got to tick these boxes you've got to do all this actually he's just a father who loves us and just wants to meet with us wherever we are whatever situation you know however we're managing so even if we're you know not really managing anything he's still there wanting to meet with us and still there wanting to answer us and and I do think that with with Bess and even with, with Jackson um I don't think I was like on in a really good holy place either the times that then I did eventually fall pregnant with them actually it was just God being really kind to me and saying you know this is your desire this is what you really want in your heart so I'm going to give give them to you and when I look at them I think wow they are just they are miracles and they are just such an example of of God's kindness to me he's just so kind and he's just so good all the time (laughs) (laughs) and so and so yeah and I think that's really throughout you know when things are really kind of going going well and and maybe there have been times when I felt like uh ministry wise and and just in my walk with God I felt kind of you know you're soaring like an eagle and you're feeling and then he's really kind and good then and he's just so good and then even those times when you know you're feeling really low he's just really kind and good and that's what I feel like I've learned he is faithful and he is kind and I need to worship him Mm. wherever I am. Mm. Whatever place I'm feeling, the most powerful thing I can do is to worship him and tell him how good he is. Yeah, amazing. So... Great! Wow. Um, I don't also, know if that answered the question. So, obviously, you got married to Craig. I know yeah, Craig; yeah. he's my small group leader here at church at Lifespring Church. Um, when you get married to someone, I wouldn't know. I'm the again the only single one lady to me up. Joking. Um, like when you um, when you get married, you're starting sort of a new life with someone. What were the changes there um, for you or for both of you? I mean, I guess we'll get Craig on here one day to share his story. But, you know, what were the sort of changes there in your faith and your walk with God? Like, were there stuff that you had to adapt to because Craig had done stuff differently? Like, maybe it's doing devotionals differently or worshipping differently. Like, what were the sort of, not challenges, I don't want to say the challenges there, but stuff you had to sort of check. Adjustments, yeah, adjustments. Yeah, that's quite... It's a good question. It's a good question. I think, yeah. Well, I think, like, being married is really, really great. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's definitely, there are challenges. (laughs) And sort of, like, adjusting to um, being, like, part of a two rather than being your own person. So, um, for me, um, I'm quite a yes person. Actually, Craig is too. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we're quite, like, um, we can yes we'll do that yes we'll do that yes I want to be on board with that sort of thing and so it's quite good because we're both kind of on the same wavelength with that and with church we both love church um so that is a really 
that that bit is really good but it does mean that i had to go through a time and probably i'm still learning in it of thinking actually i need to consider what you know craig in in things i decide to do and what i want to do um because actually we're we're now part of a two mm. <laughs> and now actually part of a four mm. but you know actually that's learning to to think about yeah to just not be oh this is what i'm doing this is what i'm doing for god this is what i'm actually it's you know most of the time we'd, I just say to Craig oh I feel like I need to do this and he said oh yeah great so it's not really any different but it's thinking about the other person it's considering them in, in everything um, like that and then also like on a different note we had to learn to live together after you get married which kind of is often a thing that happens because generally people Christians choose not to live together before mm. they get married um, and that is just like wow <laughs> yeah. I think I drove Craig crazy for ages because <laughs> we're quite different and we are quite different in a lot of things so I guess um, I think over the time and worship is actually really good because we both just love worshipping but actually mm. we had really different tastes in worship music that have just basically merged now and, and we just still have a few differences but you know and I think Craig uh, found it strange at first that I would sing my heart out in the car all the time but yeah. now he kind of sometimes joins in with me mm-hmm, <laughs> he's got a lovely voice but he doesn't let anyone hear it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um, and so there's lots of things that actually we were on the same page with which was really good um, and the things that um, we disagree about it's just learning to work them through and talking and stuff and being really honest with each other about where we're at. Mm. Um, I'm a bit of one that I don't let things lie. So he would like to just ignore things, but I will keep knocking at them till we've sorted it out. <laughs> I think that's a male-female thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fairly similar too. I'd rather just put, brush things under the yeah. carpet. <laughs> so so that, that sometimes I think of really irritating him. But at tough times he said, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you didn't let that lie because we got it sorted out. But I can't really go to sleep, really, having not sorted things out. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Cool. Yeah. It's a exciting, exciting times getting married. Yes. Um, uh, so I just want to kind of rewind a little bit. So you mentioned journaling mm-hmm. uh, in part two. And I guess you are one of the people I look to in the church that really feel... I, like, I look to you and feel like you really nailed the journaling thing and having a really like close intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and you know you're always on the ministry teams and healing encounters and all that kind of thing you're really like one of the, the I guess the leaders in that kind of regard in this church and I just want to kind of you know you met God when you were young you've obviously grown that relationship but journaling I think has you probably say what has helped you go on to another level with yeah the Holy Spirit like how I guess how how did you get into that what does it involve doing kind of how has it helped you yeah, so journaling is, um, yeah, so I use, like, we learned when, um, now I'm babbling, but when my little sister Alice came back from Toronto, she kind of came back with, and then other people who've come back and, and from other sources come back with this kind of really easy method of hearing God's voice. Because I think for a lot of people, hearing God's voice sounds a bit like terrifying or like something that they can't do or you might write yourself off with it and actually this guy called Mark Verkler who've actually had to come and speak in church before um has just this really easy really easy method of just quieting yourself down you know really focusing on what Jesus what focusing on Jesus imagine Jesus and then letting just like him speak and writing it down 
and it takes a bit of practice and it's um you know it's it it, it it can be tricky at first maybe and it does take a bit of practice and it takes some accountability of checking with people that you're actually hearing what god's saying but it is life-changing because uh if you know if we're listening to what you know we need to be obviously reading the bible and you know but also listening to what god's saying to us individually and if we if we are focusing on what god's saying through the bible and maybe through our journaling and through different things like that and not focusing on what the world's saying or what you know the lies we're believing that's when everything changes really um and I really do believe that um, God is always speaking to us and always, always wants to share with absolutely everybody um, and has so much good to say. Um, and I, I personally, like, even though I know all that, I think I could journal loads more. I could really, like, you know, <laughs> why don't I? Sometimes it takes my mum really, like, nagging me to journal about something specific because I've been avoiding talking to God. I forget how good he is all the time. I'll be like, he, uh, he's not going to be mean to me about that. He's going to just talk to me about it. And, you know, even during my journaling, there are quite a few times when he has to, I don't know, correct me. Mm. <laughs> but it's always in the gentlest, nicest way. I never feel bad. I just feel like a bit of a nudge to say, uh, Sarah, you need to deal with this now. You know, you're holding, you're judging somebody about this or you're, you've not forgiven that person and things like that. You need to sort that out because it's affecting you. And it's always just a really gentle, come on, Sarah, let's deal with that. And then I think, oh yeah, I'll deal with it. It's so much easier. And um, often things, you know, I could say to, to you or to anyone, you know, God really loves you, he's really for you, he has a plan and a purpose for you, all these things that are all absolute truths. And you could maybe take it on and maybe listen to it. And, you know, you could know it in your head. But when Holy Spirit speaks to you and you know he's spoken to you, that's when you really start to know it and you really start to hold on to it. And that's that's how life-changing it is. And, you know, yeah. Mm. So. Cool. Um, so, last question. If, because you you run a small group of yourself of um, teenage girls and and, and stuff, uh, if you could think to yourself at the age that they're at now and what you were sort of going through and stuff, if you could go back in time and tell yourself something, what would it be like? An encouraging message to yourself back then. Like, what what would you say to teenage Sarah? if you could go back in time i would i would really want to encourage myself to be listening to what god's saying to me more and to be focusing on what he's saying and to be journaling rather than listening to lies and and sort of like all the untruths and stuff that i was probably too focused on and worrying too much about what other people thought and actually look to him and yeah really really fix my eyes on Jesus and what he had done because I think once that happens everything changes okay thank you Sarah uh, for your time I think that's been really you know amazing just to see well, learn more of your story, get to know you better. Um, yeah, and I've, you know, you've been one of the 
youth leaders basically my whole life I think <laughs> from what I can remember Not so, loud. No, <laughs> but you know I think we've said we've said before you know like James Hollands has been in our life helping us throughout teenage years mm. and you've been kind of stood by his side helping him and helping us yeah. kind of as well so really appreciate you know the time and everything you've done in that um so before we go, we always ask uh, people that we have on just if you have any prayer requests, anything we could, we or listeners can be praying for for you or ongoing. So anything that we can pray for? Well, yeah, um, my little girl Bessie is li- just ongoingly a bit, a bit poorly at the moment, so health for her would be wonderful. Mm. But also, just I was thinking about my small group of girls. You know, actually praying that they um, just really encounter Jesus and really get to know who who he is um yeah that would be great awesome for that yeah we'll we'll get on that and you two uh you listeners will too as well won't you yeah Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. anyway well thank you very much sarah for your time uh your story has been incredible to listen to and i hope that it will be incredible to other people the people that are listening help inspire and encourage them as it has me and steve Mm. if you'd like to find us our Walk Now has a website. Steve, Whee! what's the web address? Ourwalkpod.com Yeah, simple. simple. You can find that. We will be having more content on there, more than just a podcast. We have blogs, and soon we're hoping to have videos. But yeah, you can find all the podcasts on there. We have a Facebook page. Just type in Our Walk. We also have Twitter, at Our Walk Pod. And our email, if you'd like to get in contact with us, if you'd like to share your story or you have any questions, just email at no sorry i'll get to it it's ourwalkpod at gmail.co.uk gmail.com dot com dot com (laughs) (laughs) anyway thank you very much for listening goodbye